Welcome to Living Freely Podcast, where our mission is to provide you with down-to-earth topics on mental wellness and realistic tips for living life more balanced and achieving optimal mental health. Living Freely is brought to you by Norfolk Public Libraries in Virginia and hosted by myself, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor and passionate about providing you with strategies and up-to-date information on mental health. Join in weekly for a brand new episode of Living Freely, helping you live well and be well one podcast episode at a time. Hi, and welcome back to Living Freely Podcast Season 3. I am so excited to be back and also so happy that you're here tuning in today. We've got a brand new lineup of very, what I consider to be relevant topics for the time that we're currently living in. And once again, big shout out to Norfolk Public Library System, especially Miss Patricia Kendall's for spearheading this season again. I like I've already said, very excited to be back because I know that this has been quite the trying time for so many different people on so many different levels, whether it has been the loss of a family member, potentially the loss of of your job, not being able to travel to see family, kids being stressed out about returning to school still amidst the pandemic occurring and just a plethora of other things that have could that could have gone on over the course of this time. So it definitely goes without saying that I feel that anxiety and depression are at all-time highs right now. And that's why this season we're all about bringing you relatable and realistic strategies that you can implement in your life to help you live life well. I, I feel like we say that a lot. I say that a lot. But really, that's the whole mission of Living Freely Podcast is to really empower you to take control of your mental health, to attend to your mental health, especially if you can sometimes be taking care of everybody else more so than yourself, then maybe these episodes can be a reminder and a sense of encouragement that it's okay to slow down. It's okay to focus on your mental wellness and really cater to what is going on in your life at this time. So just a quick little sneak peek preview. Um, Today, of course, we're talking about dealing with COVID anxiety, whether it's returning to school, going back to work, I'm going to be sharing some tips to really manage anxiety surrounding COVID. And Future episodes will include creating a healthy relationship with media, knowing your conflict management style, what to expect in your first therapy appointment, maybe 2020, 2021, these were the years that you finally said, you know what, I've got to get plugged in to go see a therapist, but maybe you're feeling a little bit nervous about what happens in that first therapy appointment. I'm going to be breaking it all down in one of our future episodes, so definitely stay tuned. Also covering a couple different mental health diagnoses and disorders such as bipolar disorder, what depression symptoms look like in men versus women because the symptoms can manifest differently depending on whether or not you're a male or female. And I think it's a very important distinction to make. So I'll be getting all into that. I'll be talking about when is it time to take medication for anxiety or depression. And then of course, around uh, Veterans Day, I will also be really getting into, into detail about military and mental health. 
And then there's a whole other range of topics that are coming, but I would probably take up most of today's show if I went through every single one of them. So that's just a quick sneak peek of what is to come in the next couple of weeks. Really hope that you stick around. And again, I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. Well, without further ado, let me jump right into the topic at hand, which is continuing to manage any kind of anxiety that may be surrounding the coronavirus. Now, at the time of recording, it is at the beginning of the school year for kids here in Virginia. And now I'm not quite sure what could happen potentially in the next couple of weeks. But as of right now, kids are in school. And so you may have little ones, you may have middle schoolers, high schoolers, even college students. You might be in college yourself It going back to school. And there may be that slight nervousness or, you know, disliking wearing the mask and feeling anxious by having that cloth covering over your face all day. All of it can really come into play. And so this episode is going to be a great one to break down a couple different ways to tell that anxiety may be coming up either within you or with somebody that you know. And then of course, what to do about it. So the first thing I want to tap into is that there is actually a new kind of anxiety syndrome that has been coined the COVID anxiety syndrome. There's actually been research done on COVID-related anxiety because it's been so prevalent. I mean, as you can imagine, I feel like it was almost, you know, just yesterday, but also years ago at this point, you know, it kind of time has been strange this past year or two that I was talking about here on Living Freely, managing the pandemic and managing changes that go on in life. And we all know that with changes, anxiety can present itself. So I've always got to normalize. If you have felt anxiety or despite the pandemic having gone on now for over a year, you're still feeling anxious about it, it's okay. I mean, anytime that we are introduced to something that is so new that continues to kind of change the the forecast of how we function on a daily basis, it is definitely a cause for anxiety symptoms. So there, it doesn't necessarily mean that there is anything wrong with you if you're still feeling anxious about these symptoms or about COVID, I'm sorry, about COVID right now because It's kind of par for the course with the time that we're living in. So COVID anxiety syndrome is a a syndrome that occurs and is defined by almost this compulsive need to check for symptoms of COVID. So maybe you, maybe your child, maybe your spouse starts to come down with a cold and almost immediately you kind of start to compulsively check and monitor, is this COVID? Oh my gosh, we, you know, we either did or didn't get the vaccine and we're feeling sick. What's going on here? Um, and it's kind of compulsively checking, looking online, looking for symptoms of COVID, maybe even going to get tested for COVID, um, those kinds of things start to come about with COVID-19 anxiety syndrome. There can also be the avoidance of public places. 
which to be honest, that was kind of limited for all of us for a period of time when we were not able to gather in large groups. So I almost feel like if there was the presence of social anxiety within you or within somebody that you knew know, then there's a really good chance that after this pandemic was all kind of said and done and maybe the restrictions started to become lifted, that sense of social anxiety could have become even more, you know, strong. Um, so the avoidance of public places could still be happening with COVID anxiety syndrome also being kind of in the mix with everything. The other piece to kind of gauge whether or not COVID anxiety syndrome could be happening with you is if there's almost an obsessive need for cleaning. Now, once again, I remember watching the news when, and now I'm talking about early 2020 when all of this first started happening and everyone was being encouraged to basically wipe their groceries down, you know, clothes were a carrier, all of that. And at this point, if you are still feeling the need to obsessively clean, it's not necessarily a bad thing, so to speak. But as we all know, sometimes if something becomes almost obsessive, if we feel like it's never clean enough, then it can it can become a source of a lot of stress and anxiety in and of itself. So let's say that your spouse or your child comes in, they touch the counter, you immediately go over and start Cloroxing. Um, now, if, if this is a pretty constant kind of behavior from you, it's just something to really keep an eye on because we don't want it to get to a place where that becomes your sole focus. We know that there's no such thing as a, as a perfectly clean house or a perfectly germless space. And starting to become really obsessive with the cleanliness can exacerbate the symptoms of anxiety, more or less. So really, those are the main things to keep an eye out on when it comes to COVID anxiety syndrome. It is not abnormal if you notice to some level some of these things happening. If you get that little flutter in your stomach before you go out to dinner or before you go to a shopping mall because you're about to go into a public place, it, it's it's once again, it's it's normal at this point in time because if you've been restricted for something for so long – and now you're just now being able to leave the house and get out, absolutely symptoms of anxiety may present themselves. So I cannot normalize that enough. Now, there was some data taken. This is some of the research I was talking about. Actually, in June around 2020, that found that COVID anxiety syndrome predicted generalized anxiety and depression levels above other factors like personality traits and general health anxiety. So basically what this means is that COVID anxiety syndrome basically predicted that somebody had also symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder or depression levels. And it was more, um, it, it, it didn't necessarily depend on a person's personality trait. So maybe somebody who was ordinarily more relaxed and that was their personality trait to be more type B, if they had these symptoms of COVID anxiety syndrome come into play, then it also kind of predicted that maybe there was some generalized anxiety or depression 
present as well. So this COVID anxiety syndrome does doesn't discriminate. It you know it can affect any single person, and I just have to put that out there too because sometimes if somebody starts acting not their usual self. So maybe you are the one who's cool, calm, and collected. But since the pandemic, since we've seen all of the stressful things in the media, you've noticed that you've been more on edge. You've been more anxious. You've been the one doing more of the cleaning. It could be an indication that that COVID anxiety syndrome is present. It doesn't matter if you're usually cool, calm, and relaxed. Having COVID anxiety syndrome kind of goes across all different individuals, so to speak. So a couple other pieces that I will share when it comes to COVID anxiety syndrome, just to because I feel knowledge is power, of course, is if your anxiety interferes in your daily life, as in maybe you find it really difficult to go to work, to go grocery shopping, even if you have a low risk of contracting the virus, you know, I say low risk. I mean, at this point in time, there's still a lot of information about how we contract it. But let's just say when I think of low risk, I think of you work from home, you only come into contact with your immediate family. You know, you're really not out and about. You're not going to parties. You're not going out to big dinners. You know, you're really kind of staying in your bubble but you find that you're you start feeling those heart palpitations before you go grocery shopping your breath kind of starts to get shallow and that anxiety really peaks this can be an indication that covid anxiety syndrome's happening if you notice that you've isolated yourself from other people when it wasn't necessary if you feel hopeless or bitter when it comes to the pandemic So you kind of have that hopeless outlook. Life is just never going to get better. Um, How are we ever going to get through this? They're probably, you know, going to shut my work down again, whatever the case could be. And then, of course, some of the other typical anxiety symptoms, which include trouble sleeping or experiencing unusual physical symptoms. So frequent headaches or even stomach aches. We know that gastrointestinal issues and anxiety are often closely linked. So keep an eye on any stomach pains that come about. I also wanted to go into detail with the COVID anxiety syndrome, signs, symptoms, and kind of the general overview because it can also manifest itself with your kids. So if you notice that your kids are engaging in some of the kind of almost compulsive need to check for symptoms of COVID, or they are voicing, I'm really scared of getting COVID. Can you please Google this for me? Can you please look this up? If they're wanting to avoid public places, things of that nature, you notice the isolation or or they're having trouble sleeping or feeling anxious about going to school. It's just something to keep an eye on. And I'm also going to get into ways to cope with it. So I'm pulling some of this information from verywellmind.org. I'm actually going to link this article in the show notes because I think it's excellent. It's a great resource. And they talk a little bit about when anxious feelings start to move past normal. So if you're 
worried or listening in right now and you're thinking, huh, do I have COVID anxiety syndrome? Does my child have it? Or do I have anxiety in general? Verywellmind, I'm sorry, verywellmind.com, not .org, I believe I said that. They encourage you to ask the following questions. Do my responses align with the potential risk or threat of danger? So is your current reaction proportionate to the situation that's going on, to your to the potential risk or threat of danger? The next question, do my loved ones express concern for my level of worry, fear, and avoidance? Has anybody come to you? Has anybody come to you and said, look, I, I haven't seen you leave the house in, you know, five weeks. Are you okay? What's going on? If you're if people who love you, who you trust are expressing concern, this could be an indication that we are now functioning in that COVID anxiety syndrome. Okay, last question. Am I obeying local guidelines to avoid exposing myself to COVID, like practicing social distancing, wearing masks, and washing my hands? Or Do I go out of my way to avoid people in situations when it isn't necessary? So this one kind of helps to give a little bit of a gauge on if you're, you know, kind of the logical side of the brain. So are you obeying the local guidelines? You're washing your hands, you're social distancing, you're wearing masks, or have you moved into that emotional side of the brain where at all costs you are are avoiding all people and situations when it isn't necessary? So I'm even thinking, you know, you're you're walking outside in a park and you see people 20 feet away, you're going to fully go uh, another 100 feet. 50 feet away from them um, just to curb that anxiety of being near another person. Um, And that's just an an example that comes to my mind. COVID anxiety syndrome falls on a spectrum, like I've said. So you may pick up on a couple of these and think, yeah, you know, I'm kind of doing that a little bit. It may be, let's say, a level four out of 10, whereas some, you know, Maybe you're tuning in and you're thinking, wow, I'm about an 8 out of 10 when it comes to this. It's going to fall just like generalized anxiety disorder all over the spectrum. So I hope that that when, you know, kind of judging and evaluating your feelings and whether or not they're moving past that quote unquote normal level, hopefully that was helpful just to kind of gain some more insight into what COVID anxiety syndrome is and how it manifests itself. Now, we talked, I've talked a little bit about how COVID anxiety syndrome can come to be. So essentially, anytime that we're thrust into a situation where everything is completely new, everything feels unpredictable, it is ripe for anxiety to become exacerbated. So, but there are, they have found, although research is only in the early stages when it comes to CAS, COVID anxiety syndrome, there are some other contributing factors that they have found. So if you are a person who already has a low threshold for uncertainty, let's let's say that you already know that you have some anxiety, you have some anxious tendencies, and knowing that something is uncertain you have a hard time dealing with the unknown, the uncertain. You like to know, have a plan. You like to know what's going on. 
this can be a contributing factor for CAS to come about. So an individual's tolerance of uncertainty, vulnerability to COVID-19, and tendency to worry excessively can contribute to starting to feel those COVID anxiety syndrome effects. This is the same for kids. If one of your children is more predisposed to have that anxious personality and you already know that they are one who, if something's unknown, if it's uncertain, they kind of start to get anxious, then you can kind of gauge how you're going to navigate and help them and which of the coping skills I'm about to go over you want to provide to them. Okay. Another contributing factor here is media coverage and how much media you are consuming. We all know that COVID-19 has been all over the news and all over social media even. However, the one thing that has been pretty consistent is that facts and information about how the virus changes is pretty consistent. And it can sometimes result in increasing anxiety amongst the people watching. I, I, in no way, shape, or form am I telling you cut out all news because honestly, I think it's important to know what's going on. But maybe you start to limit how much news intake you are taking in. So maybe you either start your day or around five o'clock, you tune into the five o'clock news for a couple minutes, or you scroll on your favorite news website during lunch, um, which gives you a little bit of time to process it before you go to bed that night. Um, Anywhere that you feel it can kind of ease into your daily routine, but it's not a habitual checking because from day to day, things seem to change very quickly. And if you're already somebody who has a hard time dealing with the unknowns, the uncertainty, then absolutely seeing all these changes can exacerbate COVID anxiety syndrome and anxiety in general. Okay, so another contributing factor to the development of COVID anxiety syndrome is if somebody has used fear to try to increase your compliance with whatever it may be, mask wearing, getting the vaccine. Um, if if these were, and this is not a ploy, I feel like everybody has a personal choice here on how you're handling the pandemic. But if somebody has used fear tactics to try to get you to engage in a certain behavior, this can cause a sense of anxiety. I was just reading an article the other day where they were talking about something called micro stressors. And part of a micro stressor it is essentially if you are doing something that goes against your value system or your sense of identity, it can cause heightened levels of stress. And so really the use of fear Now, I'm going to generalize here. The use of fear in any situation, it can sometimes cause a person to go against their own value system because they're scared. And then once the dust kind of settles and the emotions kind of settle, you know, you can have that almost anxiety hangover, if you will, or feel the exacerbation of anxiety. So this is just something to keep in mind in terms of 
your workplace or if you have, you know, a particular friend who calls you all the time and really becomes angry at you or loud with you and it, it incites that that fear within this can exacerbate symptoms of anxiety in general. So again, I'm not commenting here on whether or not I think you should do any particular thing. I want you to make a choice that's best for you, that's best for your health and for your safety. But just in general, anytime there's that use of fear around, it can increase those symptoms of anxiety. So let's get to how we start to cope with this. Because as we all know, COVID anxiety syndrome is alive and well, and that's why I really wanted to tackle this today. You may have already noticed it in your children and noticed that they were nervous going back to school. They're nervous being in school. You as their parent are nervous about being in contact with them. Once they get home from school, all of these are completely okay. It's okay for you to feel anxious. I just want you to know how to deal with it. So let's jump right into some different coping strategies that you can implement. Okay, so one of the first things I want to encourage you to do is despite this push, whether it is a self-induced push or the societal push that maybe you feel to return everything to normal, to gain a sense of normalcy, maybe that's kind of your inner desire is for things to go back to normal, but there's that fear. I really want you to just take things at your own pace. Take things as slow as you want them to be or as fast as you want them to be. I definitely want to encourage you in this time to really listen to what you want to do. So maybe you're not fully comfortable getting involved in a huge gathering again and jumping right back into it. You're allowed to pace yourself. However, I also want you to not lose sight of stepping outside of your comfort zone in slow, tiny increments because the last thing that I want to see happen is for COVID anxiety syndrome or just COVID anxiety to take over and prevent you from continuing to live in some way and to you know get together with people or at least see people or go out of the house and do things because we know that these are the things that bring us some joy is to engage with other people or to engage in activities, but take things slow. (laughs) So hopefully that one, you know, is kind of goes hand in hand. I want you to take things slow, but also remember that it's okay to even challenge yourself if you feel like the anxiety is winning out. If you're starting to notice that your social anxiety is kicking up into high gear, this can also be a great time to get plugged into a provider. And so you know the resource I love, www.psychologytoday.com. That's a great resource where you can go and see an area directory of therapists. You can put your zip code into your local area, see who's available, who takes your health insurance. But this, if you're feeling the social anxiety, I think going to therapy is a great place to start because you can talk about individualized coping strategies with your provider and kind of keep an eye on whether or not that social anxiety is preventing you from challenging yourself. So, okay. So the next way I want you to think about coping, if you notice this anxiety is really increasing, is you're allowed to continue to do some of the things that you were doing during the height of the pandemic. And I say height of the pandemic, but 
pretty much during the pandemic in general, um, because the numbers are still kind of up there the last time I checked. So you can keep using hand sanitizer. You can continue to wear a mask. If you want to wear gloves, if that makes you feel less anxious and eases anxiety, it is all okay for you to do those things. I know it can feel kind of odd, especially if you live in an area where either nobody's wearing masks or, you know, the hand sanitizer is just gone from the stores, but you're allowed to do what is going to feel comfortable for you. I cannot empower you enough when it comes to these measures to be put in place. So if you're still not okay with physical touch or hugging people, then that's also okay. That's kind of an added one I want to talk about because sometimes with the rush to return to normalcy, you know, maybe you're you're going back to school um, and people just start coming up to you and hugging you or you're going back to the workplace and maybe you're not ready for that. Maybe you are. It's all going to be up to you to really check in with yourself and see how you feel and what you can do to continue to manage any anxiety symptoms that could be happening. These are also things that you can tell your kids. So if your kids are allowed to bring the hand sanitizer to school, then Sending them, you know, a fun, cute little bottle of hand sanitizer that they can take with them so that they feel empowered to continue to try to kill those germs as well. So, of course, it goes without saying, the other coping strategy is... I really, I want you to discuss your feelings of anxiety, especially with somebody who you really trust and can open up to, whether it's a good girlfriend, it's a family member. I want you to voice these feelings of anxiety. Sometimes I am kind of getting this, we'll call it a vibe, so to speak, that because people are so ready to return to normalcy, which I 100% get and I understand, you know, part of me definitely misses some things that were pre-pandemic, but because there's this rush, okay, we got to just, everything needs to get back to normal. Sometimes it can cause you to maybe squelch your own feelings of anxiety or not voice them because you don't want to disappoint someone or you don't want to bring the mood down. This is where if you don't have somebody who you can, you know, discuss your true feelings with, you can discuss them with your therapist or maybe you do have a close friend who is like-minded or you at least feel you can really open up to. I want you to honor those feelings. I want you to feel empowered to talk about the fact that maybe you still feel anxious about living in this time. Same with your kids. If your kids are still feeling anxious, I want you to maybe be that open source of support for them where you can validate them and affirm their feelings, you know, whether it be, yes, this is a hard time. I understand what you're saying. I think many people are feeling the way that you're feeling because the last thing is, you know, again, is I I don't want your kids to necessarily feel like they have to, you know, zip it during this time because it's got to be an anxiety-provoking time for kids as well to go back to school. Although I think some of them are ready to see all their friends and get back. But if this comes up, giving them an open forum to talk, but also giving yourself permission to discuss your own feelings of anxiety. So it also goes without saying that 
one of the other coping and anxiety reduction strategies is media distancing. I've already touched into this, so I'm not going to go into full detail, but if you can get on some kind of media schedule, you know, where you are taking inventory of how much time you're watching the news, that way it's not on a constant, you know, running in the background of your home, you know, instead it's at periodic intervals throughout your day, or there's more of an intention behind how much media you're consuming. Because before you know it, it can definitely increase anxiety or even depression, you know, just from seeing everything going on. Don't want you to unplug or, you know, tune out completely because it is important to know to some level what's happening in the world. But just know that you are definitely allowed to set boundaries when it comes to media intake. The other piece is when it comes to anxiety, the caveat and key statement is instead of engaging in feeding the worry, the counteraction is to take action. So if you or maybe even your child is kind of just sitting and feel and voicing a sense of anxiety, you can see it. You can hear them. Maybe you yourself are having one of those moments where you're going down that what if thinking rabbit trail. What if this happens? What if that happens? This is where instead of engaging with the worry, we've got to do something to counterbalance it. This is where I encourage you to physically get up, move your body, go drink a big glass of water, go on a walk around the block, do something that forces you to be mindful and in the present moment. Because if you've ever gotten lost in that anxiety spiral, sometimes it will take you down a what if question and answer scenario that goes so negative and deep down a rabbit trail that it can be, by the time you're, you know, in it, you can almost be pre-panic attack or in a full-blown panic attack thinking, oh my gosh, what is what if this happens? It can really take you to a negative place. So at the first onset of starting to feel a lot of those worries wash over you, I like to believe, and I've seen that most people are really insightful to be able to recognize when this is happening. I encourage you to ask yourself, what can I do to counterbalance this right now? Do I need to go take a shower? Do I need to go eat something? Um, Another kind of bonus uh, technique really quick is the HALT technique. I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, but if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, this is basically also a feeding ground for anxiety or moodiness to present itself. So even if you notice that the anxiousness is starting to pop up, Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And how can you correct any of those things that are currently happening? Okay, so a couple other quick coping strategies that I had on my agenda were to acknowledge if you're experiencing physical symptoms when it comes to being sick. We are in the fall. We all know that with the fall comes the glorious head colds. And I definitely say that very sarcastically because I don't think any of us like to be sick. With everything going on right now, though, 
if you start to experience physical symptoms and you already know that you have some COVID anxiety present, this is going to be really important for you to take inventory of what's happening. And then at that point, make make that decision. Do I go ahead and just go get tested to rule out whether or not something else is happening? Or do I know that I have seasonal allergies or my child just had bronchitis and now I have a cough? You know, really kind of instead of leaning into the emotional side of your brain, it's it's counterbalancing it with that logical thinking. And I only bring this one up because I know that with COVID anxiety, there is that deep fear of getting COVID. And so instead of feeding into that emotional piece of it, really take inventory. What are my physical symptoms? Do I need to go ahead and just go get tested to rule this out? Is this going to give me a complete peace of mind? Or do I wait this out and take care of myself? Do I know that this is my allergies? Do I know that this is a head cold? You know, what's going on here? So I I feel like I need to bring that one up, especially with the season that we're about to be in with colds and head colds being all around. But it's also one not to neglect. So if you are experiencing the physical health symptoms, it's basically not letting yourself get to a place of panic, but instead, once again, kind of counteracting it with action. Do I just go ahead and get tested? That kind of thing. Last but not least, one of the other pieces to continuing to manage COVID anxiety, or in some ways, continuing to adjust to the new normal, is to focus on being productive and creating your own new ways of enjoying life. I really want to put this one out here. I've just got to encourage you, even though we have been in this pandemic, we have been in this COVID situation now for well over a year. It, it can still be very difficult. It can still be very lonely. It can, there can be bouts of sadness, continued bouts of anxiety. If you're feeling any of these things and thinking, gosh, why can't I just adjust? Why can't I just, you know, get used to this by now? It's because it's it goes kind of against how maybe you've always lived life. And I think collectively, a lot of folks continue to experience grief over, life not being the way that it used to be. And so if this is you, if you're, you know, being told, just snap out of it, get over it. It's not a big deal. I want to just validate you. It's okay to continue to struggle with everything that's going on. If you're still feeling loneliness or like I've said that sadness, it's okay. What I want you to do is to continue to forge ahead to find new ways of enjoying your life. Whether it is picking up a new hobby, whether it is starting to exercise in a different way, or you and your spouse or your partner or your child start to engage in a new activity. Maybe it's looking for shells on the beach. I mean, it could be anything that is different for you or something that you used to love to do that you've lost sight of and now you're going to start picking it up, anything that helps to engage in any kind of stress reduction activities is going to be excellent for you as well as increasing your adaptability to 
potentially this new way of living. I mean, you know, I feel like this is kind of just interesting because doing a podcast about a year ago, I believe, here on Living Freely, where I talked about adjusting to the new normal, I don't even think any of us could have imagined that over a year later, we would still be kind of in this. I mean, I have definitely heard of many employers, many companies deciding to fully stay remote. Um, Nobody's going back to the office. A lot of things changed over this time. And so maybe this is a time in your life where you even just take pause and you reflect on what has changed for me. Am I still happy? If I'm not happy, what can I do to increase my sense of happiness? Being happy can sometimes take a little bit of effort, can take work. Doing something small each day that kind of connects you to who you are. So I really, really hope that you have found this episode helpful today. Like I said, we have got a great lineup of all different topics this season to really help you live life well. As always, I want you to know that now's a great time to reach out to a therapist. If you've been interested in starting the therapy process, there is goodtherapy.org, which is a great referral source. I've already mentioned www.psychologytoday.com. If you have lost your health insurance benefits or you don't have health insurance benefits, a a really great resource is called Open Path Collective where licensed therapists offer their time at reduced fees and sliding scale fee rates to make therapy much more accessible to everyone. So I have to put that one out there too because I don't think I talked about that as much last season. But I know that with kind of the changing tides of our world and potential for not being employed or not having health insurance, I want to make sure you have all the resources that you can to get plugged into a therapist should you so desire. I'll look forward to seeing, or I always say seeing, but I'll look forward to speaking and having another episode out next week. And cannot wait to continue to share this great information. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. Be well. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Living Freely Podcast today. As always, the information in this episode is not intended to diagnose or treat. It is highly recommended to find a provider in your area or by going to www.psychologytoday.com to find a therapist in your area. If you have enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to rate and review our podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts, so that we are able to be seen by more people wanting to get information on mental health and wellness. Thanks so much again for tuning in. We'll look forward to seeing you next week for an all new episode. Be well.